It's How Saturday, and I never do a podcast on a Saturday. So to celebrate, I'm going to do something I don't normally do by doing something I don't normally do. Make a longer episode. There's been so much going on this week, I just couldn't skip it. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics, the Saturday edition. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. We're doing a Saturday edition. And because we're doing a Saturday edition, we're going to actually run long. Because there's a lot of stuff out there that I think is really interesting that I didn't cover last week. And it seems like Monday would just be too late. So Dave not only is going to have to suffer through a longer edition, I also have a cold. Yay! So you're probably going to hear me sneeze throughout this episode. Hopefully not, though. I'll just cut it out eventually. Okay, so the, mag- the Biden magic uh, continues to amaze the economy. The Labor Department said last month an increase in consumer price index was the largest since August of 2008. It rose 5.4%. Now, this core increase excludes when it excludes often volatile categories like food and energy. Yeah, food. Let's exclude food. It jumped through only 3.8% in May from uh, last year. This has the... Uh, that still is the largest increase since June 1992. The 5.4 increase is the largest since 2008 when we started the Great Recession. You see where we're going, folks? So according to the, I'm going to read some of this because it gets kind of bizarre here. This is from the Wall Street Journal. Consumers are seeing higher prices for many of their purchases, particularly big items such as vehicles. Prices for used cars leapt and trucks leapt 7.3% from the previous month. You know why? People can't afford new cars. They've just they're just going straight up. New car prices are up uh, are up about 10%. So and that's because we don't have enough steel, we don't have enough plastic, we don't have enough oil to make the plastic. Indexes for furniture and airline fares and clothes also rose sharply in May. May's jump in prices extends a trend that accelerated this spring amid the COVID-19 vaccinations, relaxed business restrictions, trillions of dollars in federal pandemic relief programs, and ample household savings. So what are they saying? They're saying a lot of people have a lot of money. They're finally opening up the, they're finally opening up, up the economy, and now people want to spend money. But what also has not happened is people are not going out to work because they figure, I've got all this money, why bother working? Especially since a lot of these people are still receiving the enhanced unemployment benefits, which 25 states have already said now they're going to cut out. I think even California, a state that I thought is just huge into universal basic income has already said they're probably going to cut out in uh, middle of summer instead of going all the way through September. But don't forget this enhanced unemployment benefit, they wanted this permanent. Yeah, that's actually part of the, that's actually part of the American Families Plan is to make this, to extend this. So that'll be absolutely fantastic. Um, Again, Job openings went up of 1.3 million to 9.3 million from April. 
that in in April, excuse me, that is up from eight million in March. So <laughs> here we go. Here we go. People don't want to work. People don't have to work. The government is giving them money. There aren't enough workers. There aren't enough. Uh, that's a problem. So services and products aren't getting made. The supply lines are, they can't continue to supply steel, oil, plastics, or anything because they don't have enough workers, specifically truck drivers, to get everything to the vendors that need the product. So life's going to hell in a handbasket in the United States. Now, they do say that this could be a temporary inflation, but especially when workers start going back to work, which they say probably is going to be September at latest, at that point, we might actually see inflation go down. It's possible, but it's still very, very scary to see all this stuff. And there's still there are a lot of economists that are saying, yeah, I don't know. Because the other problem with the inflation is the amount of debt we're taking in and the amount of money we are printing. So this inflation might go down. We, we are actually having a boost in inflation now. This is all because the economy is getting hot. But since we're printing so much money to give away to people, it can't be, sh no, uh, no economist can be sure that this is going to be temporary, that it's going to go down 5% in September when everyone starts working. So we're going to have to see. Uh, a lot of economists were surprised this happened this quickly. So we'll have to see. In the next story, Joe Biden is showing his strength, his muscle. Um, this is a day after I reported that Biden got rid of the Trump ban on TikTok and WeChat because he these were two Chinese companies that were actually stealing private information of our own citizens. Uh, he's shown his strength again. Uh, Iran has been playing hardball with Biden administration to get back into the nuclear agreement. Biden really wants this nuclear agreement. To know the agreement that didn't prevent, you know, you know, the agreement that didn't prevent Iran from creating a nuclear bomb, but did give them a lot of money and eliminated a ton of sanctions. Yeah, well, Biden has decided to appease these terrorists once again. The Biden administration lifted sanctions on three former Iranian officials and several Iranian energy companies. Now, just a little FYI, Iran is an oil producer. That's their economy. So one of the things Trump did was go in there and kill their economy by making it so they couldn't just give oil, sell oil to anybody. The U.S. Treasury Department on Thursday repealed sanctions on former senior national Iranian oil company officials and several companies involved in the shipping and trading of petrochemical products. The administration described the moves as routine administrative actions saying that officials were removed from U.S. blacklists because they no longer held positions in the sanctioned entities. Bull. The reality of the matter is, by the way, this story comes from, again, the um, Wall Street Journal. Bull. Because you wouldn't, have, you wouldn't lift the sanctions off of the companies if these people were only out of the companies. You'd keep the sanctions on the companies. They didn't. But officials familiar with talks underway in Vienna 
on the future of the 2015 multilateral Iran, nu- Iran nuclear agreement, said the Biden administration has been looking at how they could inject, inject momentum into the negotiations. Uh, Anthony Bil- Bilkin, Blinken, excuse me, the Secretary of State, said in a statement, quote, these actions demonstrate our commitment to lifting sanctions in the event of a change in status or behavior by sanctioned persons. Here we go. The weakness of the Biden administration is really showing. Weakness that Iran knew he would show. He could have told Iran that they could rejoin the agreement, no questions asked, but they knew Biden would fold like a nice pair of linen pants. And he did. See, the thing is, Biden administration, and so did the the Obama administration, they believe that Iran can be civilized and rejoin the international community. Here's a newsflash. They can't. They are a terrorist organization. And they've continued to show that they're a terrorist organization. Anthony Ruggiero, a former top national advisor for the Trump administration, said, quote, lifting sanctions during negotiations shows weakness to Iran and tells Tehran to continue its nefarious activities including nuclear extortion and sending conventional arms to U.S. adversaries. He's absolutely correct. I'm sure the Iranians aren't going to respond to this either. They not only want to enter the world economy again, but I'm sure they want several, other, several more pallets of cash from the United States, and they want every restriction lifted from them. And by the way, this is a country, this is a country, who is supporting terrorism around the world, is funding a proxy war with Saudi Arabia in Yemen, is funding and sending missiles to Hamas and Hezbollah, Hezbollah being in Lebanon and and, uh, Hamas being in uh, the West Bank, the West Bank and Gaza Strip. They are a terrible, terrible country. Listen, now, I'm going to be cynical here because I, I think I can see Biden's plan. I, might, I may be off here. I don't know. The old, the cost of a barrel of oil was at $20 a barrel. At that point, we were paying maybe, in California, we paid two ninety nine. I think the average cost of gas in the United States, because I live in a the communist state of California, uh, it was about $2. The United States was not only oil independent, but we became a major exporter of oil. This was all under Trump. In six months, Biden canceled the XL pipeline. Biden limited and canceled leases for offshore drilling. Biden canceled and uh, canceled leases for oil drilling in Alaska. Meanwhile, he opened a pipeline between Russia to Germany, increasing the flow of oil to Europe. Gas prices went up uh, 25 to 50% across the country. I had heard right now it was about 46%. Oil is up to $70 a barrel now. Here's why I'm cynical. OPEC has decreased, has decided to increase the production of oil. Why? Europe doesn't need it. China always needs oil, but
But their demand wasn't enough to raise demand of oil over $30 a barrel, especially with the United States um, producing so much. The reason they've decided to, uh, the reason is because the United States is no longer energy independent. We need oil. We need oil for cars, plastics, electricities, computers, your phone, all of these things. Well, just about everything we use on a daily basis, in one way or another, uses oil. Boom. No American oil. Oil and gas prices go straight up. How can Biden be a hero here? Get back into the nuclear deal. Around, Iran is allowed to sell oil around the world. They will also sell missiles to Hamas and Hezbollah and continue their proxy wars and with Israel and with the Saudis and continue the influence in Iraq and Syria, which they had to stop when Trump had the clamps on them. Anyway, I'm going off on a tangent just to show you how evil Iran is. Anyway, they will start selling oil to the United States. <coughs> oil prices will drop 10% and Biden is a hero. Meanwhile, we're still going to be paying close to uh, $3 a gallon at the gas pump, but it isn't $4 a gallon or $5 a gallon. This is cynical because it's the belief that in order to solve climate change, we need to get people to stop driving, stop using oil. That's, the, that's this whole thing. And the way we do, do that, you raise prices so high that no one travels. And by the way, this isn't something Biden came up with on his own. In his first year, Barack Obama said, people, in order to save the environment, people are going to have to change the way they live. We already know through uh, AOC's stupid little Green New Deal thing that travel was something that's going to have to change to end climate change. So save this podcast. I guarantee you that's what's going to end up happening. In 2024, when whoever runs for president runs again and gas prices drop 10, 15% because we've got this deal with Iran. Meanwhile, Iran's making a nuclear weapon. Let's call it what it is. He's, they're going to sit there and say, we lowered gas prices. Not to the Trump era, but they lowered gas prices during their presidency. It's going to happen. Just wait. Now, here's a news story, which honestly, I don't think is a news story. I don't think it's a news story because it happens every three months or so. And it's just never a real shock. But this this one is just, hey, I had I had to put it because she's such an idiot. I don't understand how her or Tlaib can be actually representing the United States government. Ilhan Omar continues to prove she hates Jews and she hates America. See, she, she tweeted this last week. Quote, we must have the same level of accountability and justice for all victims of crimes against humanity. We have seen unthinkable atrocities committed by the U.S., Hamas, Israel, Afghanistan, and the Taliban. I asked Secretary, at Secretary Blinken where people are supposed to go for justice. Yep, she compared the United States and Israel to the Taliban and Hamas. At least she admitted Hamas commits atrocities. I really just don't understand how this woman is allowed to serve our country when she spews such venom. A group of Jewish Democratic congressmen, mind you, not all of them, got together and penned and signed a letter, not condemning Ilhan Omar, but asking her to clarify her statement. 
This is what the letter said. Quote, equating the United States and Israel to Hamas and the Taliban is offensive as it is misguided. Okay, first off, it's not misguided or offensive. It's uh, anti-Semitic. It's American hate. And it's not misguided at all. She actually believes this. If, if they, these guys... These guys need to join Twitter and actually look what she tweets all the time. This is a common thing. Continuing. Ignoring the differences between democracies governed by the rule of law and contemptible organizations that engage in terrorism at best discredits one's intended argument and at worst reflects deep-seated prejudice. Yeah, uh, no, racist. She's anti-Semitic. The United States and Israel are imperfect and, like all democracies, they got to throw that in there. They are Democrats, by the way. At times deserving of our critique, but false equivalencies give cover to terrorist groups. We urge Congresswoman Omar to clarify her words, placing the U.S. and Israel in the same category as Hamas and the Taliban. Way to go calling her out, guys. Why didn't one of you just sit there and say, you're a anti-Semitic bigot, you terrible, terrible, hurtful human being. You are a terrible human being. No wonder nothing gets done in Congress. No one has the balls to do anything. Ilhan, who I think personally says this stuff, not only because she believes it, but because she just loves the attention, just went right after these cowards. And of course, they didn't respond. This is what she tweeted. Quote, it's shameful for colleagues who call me when I, they need my support to now put out a statement asking for clarification, quote, clarification, end quote, and not just call. The Islamophobic tropes in this statement are offensive, are offensive. The constant harassment and silencing from the signers of the letter is unbearable. This broad is absolutely incredible. She's being called out for being anti-Semitic, but not really. And she gets pissed out, pissed off and calls uh, what they wrote an attack. And by the way, I read the entire letter to you. Was there anything in that letter that mentioned anything about Islam, Muslim, Islamophobia, anything like that? There was nothing in that statement, but basically saying, uh, you can't compare us to Hamas. You can't compare Israel to Hezbollah or the Taliban. I, I and then complaining that they didn't come to her privately. Do you honestly believe they probably didn't go to her privately and say, "Well, if I were a Jew in Congress, I wouldn't go to her privately. She'll probably have my head lopped off." Can I even say that? I don't know, but I'm going to say it anyway. She's a borderline terrorist. But you know, anyway, what can you expect from this broad? She married her own brother. Doing this, she committed tax fraud, immigration fraud, and bigamy. She had an affair with a married man while she was married, lied about it publicly, and then secretly got a divorce and married him while he got a divorce. Is being investigated for funneling money to her new husband's firm, and she's already being investigated by, for two or three different um, forms of corruption. But she's always going to get have the the squad is going to have her back. You're going to be shocked. I'm not actually going to read anything from AOC, even though she made a comment. But this was the comment that I loved. This was a tweet from Rashida Tlaib, who is another anti-Semite who hates America and for some reason keeps getting elected into Congress. She said this. 
Freedom of speech doesn't exist for Muslim women in Congress. The benefit of doubt doesn't exist for Muslim women in Congress. House Democratic leadership should be ashamed of its relentless, exclusive tone policing the congressmen, women of color. Okay, first off, um, if she's actually being muzzled, all right, she would have been muzzled a long time ago when she started doing, setting out anti-Semitic tweets every three months. She And this gal doesn't shut up. She has never shut up in her life. She's always got a, something to say about absolutely everything. She tweets probably 15, 20 times a day. And she's, why do you think I have so much fodder from these guys on my podcast? I always talk about them because they're constantly saying something, constantly tweeting. The, what the Democratic Party needs to do is shut them up. Because what Ilhan Omar said was anti-American and anti-Semitic, anti-Israel. By the way, the silent Rashida Tlaib actually tweeted a picture of a sticky note posted over Israel with Palestine written on the post-it note. Question, is supporting the complete destruction of Israel anti-Semitic? Did she get into trouble uh, for that? Did she get a letter from anybody for that? Does that sound like she's being muzzled? No, no, she's not. She's just a complete moron. These guys, every time these Democrats get caught in a corner, and by the way, they're getting caught in a corner more and more and more. I think even Democratic leadership later in the week started condemning them for doing this. So the squad, the far leftist squad, they're actually getting crapped on right now by the Democratic Party because people don't like it. People aren't going to vote for Democrats if they continue to support this line of policy, this belief system. They have to start calling this crap out. And I think they're going to start doing it now. I also want to point out that the Democrats who do get called out never actually defend their points. All they do is call people names. So Ilhan Omar said something really stupid. Instead of sitting there and defend either A, defending her statement, or B, apologizing for her statement, which later on she did, is just just calls everyone an Islamophobic, or call everyone a bigot, or call everyone a racist, or say that they're being victimized again. Again, we're in victim culture. That's a thing. Be, be a victim. Well... I got news for you. It's not going to work in this country. People are getting tired of this crap from those those group that group. So this is the part now where I go over the 30 minutes because there were four video clips. There were actually five, but I used four because I thought that was good enough. But these, I could not, I could not live with myself because already things are happening today. And I know I'm going to be busy with like real important stuff on Monday. So I decided to hit these up today. And here's the first one. This is, I guess when your company has hit rock bottom and there's nothing you can do, there is nothing you can do to make it worse. Maybe by making it worse, you might improve the situation. I don't know, I guess. CNN decided to rehire Jeffrey Tubin after he was put on leave six months ago and was actually fired from The New Yorker. 
now, I'll let Allison Camarada actually, it, in the most uncomfortable interview possibly in her career, explained what happened. And you can hear Tubin's response. This is in case you just cannot remember why this guy was fired in the first place. Listen to this. I feel like we should address um, what's happened in the months since we've seen you, since some of our viewers may not know what has happened. Um, in October, you were on a Zoom call with your colleagues from The New Yorker magazine. Everyone took a break for several minutes, during which time you were caught masturbating on camera. Uh, you were subsequently fired from that job after 27 years of working there. And you, since then, have been on leave from CNN. Do I have all that right? Um, you got it all right. Sad to say. What the hell were you thinking? Well, obviously, uh, I wasn't thinking very well or very much. And um, it was something that was inexplicable to me. I didn't think I was on the call. I didn't think other people could see me. You so, thought that you had turned off your camera? Correct. I have spent the seven subsequent months, miserable months in my life, I can certainly confess, um, trying to be a better person. I mean, in therapy, trying to do some public service, um, working in a food bank, which I certainly am going to continue to do. I think, honestly, just making Allison do this interview and I understand why they had a woman do it. They sure as hell didn't want to have a man do it because, you know, that's just a guy thing, right? But I, I think that it was so horribly awkward, I wouldn't be surprised if she filed a HR report, uh, harassment report on that. Okay, well, a couple of things. Um, first off, I, I understand. I, how is this not inexplicable? Inexplic Un unable for him to explain because I can't for some reason pronounce that word inexplicable uh, whatever how what do you mean yeah you, you can't explain why you were doing that what kind of crap is that and you can't explain how you got caught is the, the thing and do you think working in a soup kitchen is really a solution and will make this all better really I mean, I got the therapy thing. That kind of makes sense, though. I, I don't know what jerking off has to do with therapy, but it just seems like, okay, there are times that maybe you just shouldn't jerk off, and when you're on a Zoom call, that might be one of the times. And I, I don't know. The last thing I'd want a soup kitchen, though, a food bank. I, now this guy is handling food? Come on now. It, it's... Incredible. I'm going to have to ask Dave. I'm going to have to ask Dave when we were when I worked for him because I actually worked for him. He was my boss. If he would fire me for jerking off during one of our Zoom calls, I don't know. Maybe he wouldn't. Maybe this is the thing. I would have pretty much assumed that this was a permanent thing. And yeah, you're going to lose your job, and that's it. You know. <clears throat> and here's the other thing: nobody wants him there. The CNN employees are complaining that they actually rehired this guy. I, I, I don't blame him why are you rehiring this guy he wasn't like he was a main guy a chris cuomo or a don lemon or an anderson cooper wasn't like he was one of those guys though to be honest with you looking at their ratings maybe he's going to replace one of them um 
I think it's clear what their CNN is trying to do. They're trying to stir some controversy on their show. Maybe maybe get a temper. I mean, they are they are in the dirt. If you double their viewership, they still don't meet. They still don't meet uh, Tucker Carlson's or um, Sean Hannity's or Laura Ingram's shows. They're not even in the top ten. None of their shows are even in the top ten of viewership. Heck, the Home and Garden Network is beating CNN right now. Right? How bad is that? Nickelodeon is beating them. So I'm sure they probably hired the guy. They'll announce his presence way before he actually ends up on the show so people can watch that train wreck because there's one thing people love. They love a disaster. And they'll just turn in and watch Jeffrey Tubin his opinions. The problem is his opinions aren't very good either. So there's a very good chance that it might spike for 15 minutes a day and then drop right back down again. I don't know. But honestly, if you're Jeffrey Tubin, if you're Jeffrey Tubin, would you even look for a job? Why, why would you dare want to go back? Nobody likes you. Nobody will sit in the seat you've been sitting in or touch your computer that you've been working on. Why would you? It's embarrassing. I mean, the guy's in his 60s. He must have made some money in 27 years at the New Yorker. Why bother? Anyway, in the typical act of tone deafness, Jim Acosta went on television and called Fox News BS. You just hired a guy who was jerking off on a Zoom call and you're calling Fox News BS? Oh boy, talk about bad timing. That network is such a dumpster fire. I don't know what's keeping them afloat. This next video comes, excuse me, audio comes from the uh, uh, Daily Caller. And uh, all I know is maybe we should all step back and not screw with Tony Fauci. It's very dangerous, Chuck, because a lot of what you're seeing as attacks on me, quite frankly, are attacks on science. Because all of the things that I have spoken about consistently from the very beginning have been fundamentally based on science. Sometimes those things were inconvenient truths for people, and there was pushback against me. So if you are trying to you know, get at me as a public health official and a scientist, you're really attacking not only Dr. Anthony Fauci, you're attacking science. So not only is Tony Fauci incompetent, which is all I thought of him before. I just thought he was really incompetent. Now I see he's, an incom he's incompetent and he's an arrogant ass. Let's take a quick look at Tony Fauci's career. He's been a, he's been a health bureaucrat for the last 40 years. He hasn't treated anybody or for my knowledge, done any science since the 70s. <laughs> he was the head of the AIDS, quote, epidemic, end quote. He said that tens of millions could die of AIDS. That never happened. He said AIDS could sp spread through routine contact. He was wrong. He flip-flopped on whether or not it was mainly, AIDS was mainly contacted, contracted through gay sex or regular sex. He said babies could get AIDS. He was wrong. He completely screwed up the COVID-19 pandemic. 
He lied about masks and admitted lying about masks. Remember, at first in March, he said nobody should wear a mask. And then he was questioned about it again, and he said, no, no, everyone should wear masks. I was just saying that to save the masks for uh, the people in the hospitals. And then he admitted that mask wearing now is more mask wearing when you're either had the uh, COVID-19 or were vaccinated for the COVID-19. Masks really weren't necessary, and he was wearing masks only for show. He said the virus was not started in a lab protecting China. And his emails show that he was actually protecting China. And there's a very good possibility that it started in a lab. And he found out about this sometime in March of last year. And now he's getting upset that people are asking him about it. His policies helped close the economy. And now we're looking at it might be a mistake. And he said we needed to continue wearing masks even if we're vaccinated or have had the disease. When his emails actually show if you've had the disease before, chances are you never have to worry about COVID-19 again because there was no indication that the antibodies within the body from a COVID infection ever went away. Yeah. Criticizing Fauci is not criticizing science. He's been wrong about everything. He is not science. Science is a process. He is not science. He's not the epitome of science. I barely think he knows how to read some of the reports of the actual science. So that's a great thing to see is that you got some bureaucrat sitting back and screaming how he is the science. Okay, this video clip is fun because it's from Greta Thunberg. And she released a new video this week. And I'm sorry, audio clip from the video. And she is addressing what I have been talking about for the last two weeks on how the left wants people to stop eating meat. And Greta Thunberg, she's got a big mouth. Oh, you can say that now. She's 18. So she's a bitch. She, I can say anything about her now because she's over 18. She looks like she's six, uh, but she is over 18. Um, how bad people are for eating meat. Now, this clip, the, I'm sorry, the video is actually about eight minutes long, five minutes, I'm sorry, five minutes long. I took about a minute clip from it, but I think it's absolutely hysterical. And it pretty much hits everything that I want to talk about. And finally, the animals. Every year, we kill more than 60 billion animals, excluding fish, whose numbers are so great that we only measure their lives by weight. What about their thoughts? And feelings. Some animals plan for the future, forge friendships that last for decades. They play, they help each other. They show signs of what we call empathy. But 70% of the animals we farm live inside factories. In the United States, that number is 99%. Their lives are short and terrible. How will we be judged? It is heartbreaking to know all this, but it is also our opportunity. We know what we can do. We can change the way we farm. We can change what we eat. We can change how we treat nature. Some of us have lots of choices, while some have none at all. 
those with the most power have the most responsibility. And most of us can do something. So, what will you do? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Not a damn thing. If I was meant not to eat meat, steak wouldn't taste so damn good. We've been eating meat for thousands of years and we'll probably be eating meat for thousands for thousands of years to come. Because human beings are omnivores. We eat just about everything. And it's healthy for us. So eating meat, yeah, that's not going anywhere. You know where places where they don't have food? Guess what they do? They hunt meat that we're really not supposed to eat. Like rats and dogs. You go to Venezuela, they're eating rats, they're eating dogs, they're eating cats. Why? Because man eats meat. Man gets the right proteins, the necessary amino acids from meat. Uh, you know who should eat meat? You, who else says we should be eating meat? God. Most of Leviticus is telling us what meats we can eat, what meats we can't eat, how meats should be prepared. But Greta probably doesn't believe in God, so this argument is moot. Matter of fact, that's probably for her one of the reasons why you shouldn't believe in God is, oh, God, he eats meat. He's a carnivore. And God, I don't know if he eats meat, but doubt he eats meat. I also get the impression that Greta has never watched Animal Planet or any of the shows of, on Shark Week. The beauty of nature kind of goes south when watching a killer whale chomp on a baby seal. Nature is beautiful, but it kind of sucks, too. And all those animals that eat meat wouldn't mind gnawing on my leg, either. Has she thought about that? I, she'd probably fine with that. That's fine. If the lion wants to eat my leg, I mean, good for it. It's got to survive, yeah? If you question that, if you question whether a lion will eat you, Greta should just walk into a lion cage some, at some zoo and see what happens. I'm sure the lion isn't going to purr and give her a big lick. First, and finally, and this is the dumbest thing, most animals, especially fish, are basically biological machines. They eat, their main goals is to grow, eat, become horny, have other little fish, and usually die. That's what they do. Look at the salmon. The salmon literally goes upstream, which makes no sense because that's what they do find a spawning place, have sex, have babies, and they die. That's what they do. They don't have feelings. I mean, come on now. Stop it, stop it, stop it. I do want to point, I do want to point out that Greta is 18 years old, going on 19 soon. She looks like she's 8. 8 years old. She looks like a little kid. I almost feel bad for her. Maybe if she had a steak, she'd look more like her age. Now, I got to be careful. She is kind of mentally off. You know what I mean? She's got Asperger's or whatever mental thing she's got. But still, uh, she looks like she's eight. You know, Greta, go have a steak. Go have a steak. Go to school. I mean, she hasn't been in school for like 10 years. Maybe, maybe educate yourself on something before you tell other people what to do. How dare you? Anywho, our last video clip audio clip i love this one now you folks know because i've talked about oh, i've talked about this a lot i hate the manipulation of language i hate the changing of definitions 
I hate the ch- I, I hate the extra pronouns, preferred this, preferred that. I can't stand it because it's a way to manipulate our society. It's a way to manipulate culture, and it's it becomes eventually a way to manipulate political policy. Well, Senator James Lankford, uh, uh, who's a Republican from uh, Oklahoma, I think he's pretty sick of it too, and he decided to ask Health uh, Department of Health and Human Services Secretary Xavier Bracera, who, by the way, is just a freaking terrible human being. He was he was the Attorney General in California, so. I've heard of him, and he's just freaking horrid. I can't even believe he's head of health and human services because he has zero experience with anything like that. But then again, we've got Pete Buttigieg as the uh, transportation secretary, so I guess we shouldn't be surprised. I think uh, he wanted to ask Xavier Bracera a question about one of the terms he used in his budget proposal which was being questioned by the Senate. Take a listen. I also noticed you changed a, a term in your budget work. Uh, you shifted from in places from using the term mother to birthing people rather than mother. Can you help me get a good definition of birthing people? Well, I, I'll, I'll check on the language there, but I think if we're talking about those who give birth, I think we're talking about... Uh, I, I don't know how else to explain it to you other than... I, it ex- I was a little taken back when I just read it and saw it that it's that the term mother was gone in spots and it was replaced with birthing people. And I didn't know if this was a direction that you were going, if there were shifts, if there are regulatory changes that are happening related to that or what the purpose of that is. Uh, I think it's probably and again, I, I'd have to go back and take a look at the language that was used in the budget. But I think it, it simply reflects the work that's being done. But oh, I, oh, I definitely get that. I, I would I would only say. The language is important always. We don't want to offend in our language. I get that. But would you at least admit calling a mom a birthing person could be offensive to some moms uh, that they don't want to get like a happy birthing person card in May? Or I mean, can you at least admit that that term itself could be offensive to some moms? Senator, I'll, I'll go back and take a look at the, the, the terminology that was used, and, and I can get back to you. But again, if we, we're trying to be precise in, in the language that's used. Mom's a pretty good word. That's, that's worked for a while, and I think that's pretty precise as well. These guys just change the language. And then when they're confronted about it, they you know why he couldn't define what birthing person meant? Because it means mother. He can't actually go in and say, he can't say a female. He can't say, because males can give birth now. He can't say a mother, because men can give birth, so fathers can give birth. He can't say anything to define. This is the problem. This is the problem with changing the language like the left is doing is you can change the language, but if someone ever actually like this, and by the way, he wasn't the only one who asked Becerra that, and he wasn't the only person they asked. And he should know what, Becerra should know what the language language is, because he wrote the thing, or at least he approved it. So he's either incompetent, or he just doesn't know how to answer his own question. 
But that's the whole thing. That's what the Democrats do. That's what the left does. They change language. And you know what sucks? Women have it tough. They really do. They, they, they are going to be forced to share restrooms with men who think they are women. Or they don't even have to share restrooms with men who think they are women. They have to share restrooms with men who say they are women. Women in prison have to share their prison with men who say or think they are women. They have to compete in sports with men who think or say they are women. They have derogatory terms placed on them. Like, for example, the vagina. You may have remembered earlier in 2020, they wanted to call vagina a front hole. What kind of garbage term is that? How derogatory and insulting is that term? And now mothers are birthing people? No, they're not. They're mothers. Fathers cannot give birth. Sorry. I remember that article I read about a year and a half ago that said the first man gives birth. And then we find out, no, he's a transgen- she's a transgender man. Okay, the first man didn't give birth. As a matter of fact, that just proved that that, ma- that quote man, end quote, is actually a real woman. It just proves what everyone else has been saying. Now they can't even get a, a, an endearing term for be doing something that only they can do in all of nature, give birth, have children. This is something only a woman can do. It makes them different from everybody else in humanity. Men cannot give birth. The question here is a good one for another reason, though. It's a good question because... This language is how they are changing policy. The lang- This is why I, I have a real hard time. I think it's a danger. I'll go a step further. It's a danger to allow the changing of language to take effect in culture. That's why I refuse to call a woman a man and vice versa. I, I refuse to allow preferred pronouns. Like they and them for an individual person, they and them are plural pronouns. That's not an individual person. I refuse to call a riot a protest or call speech hate speech. Because here's the thing. When we start changing the language in culture, culture is downstream of politics. And eventually, the culture that we have now or culture that we accept even if we don't really accept it, the culture that we accept will become policy and law. And that policy and law does not reflect reality or science. You know, the party of science thinks that a man can be a woman. That's the party of science. They keep telling you this. Believe the science, like Dr. Fauci. If you disagree with me, you disagree with science. No, I disagree with you. I don't disagree with science. The science doesn't say the same thing you say. You've been wrong the entire time. Same thing here with this transgender movement, especially the transgender movement. Uh, The science says that a man can be a man, he's always a man, and that's it. A woman can't be a man, always will be a woman, and that's it. Nature has proven that. The nature that Greta Thunberg thinks is so beautiful has proven that a woman who becomes a man and gives birth is not a man giving birth It's actually, you're still a woman even though you became a man. It proves it because it's science. 
You haven't proven that men can give birth. It's just so stupid. Don't let anyone change change reality. Don't let anyone change your language or change the language because they're not trying to change your language. They're trying to change language, everybody's language. That's a bad thing. That's a really bad thing. And I love the fact that we saw this this character um, Langford sit back and go over go after Becerra, and he wasn't the only one saying, "Why would you call? What's wrong with mother? When did mother become the f word or the n word in today's culture? Is mother going to be considered hate speech in the future? Which, by the way, is why I hate the term hate speech. No such thing as hate speech." If you want to say the N-word, go ahead, say the N-word. You're a bad person. I won't hang out with you. That's about it. it I, I'm sorry. That's what it is. Saying the N-word is not hate speech. Saying the N-word is speech that is just very bad. Saying the F-word or saying the S-word, you know, poop, that's, that's bad language. You shouldn't say it. It's not hate speech. And sitting back and saying that a man can't be, I mean... Hate speech is, is, is just speech. And if people want to use speech that is derogatory, they're going to pay for it. I can't say the N-word. I'll get everyone upset. And I'll get people who used to like me not to like me. I, that's why I just won't use it. So, I mean, there's polite. I think we're, we're, we're confusing. I, I'm sorry. I don't care about the feelings of the world. I really don't. I don't think anybody should. I mean, I don't think Huck Finn and... Tom Sawyer should be banned because they say the N-word seven times in each book. Big deal. Okay, it's language. It's all it is. Not going to hurt you. No one's going to die by saying the N-word in a book that's 200 years old. Okay, anyway, now we're at at the close. I had a good... This was actually kind of fun because my fiancé is out and she's working today. And this was fun. I, maybe this is what I'll start doing because I do have all Saturdays to myself. I usually do my own book. I do other things. But maybe this is what I'm going to do because I can get, basically every Saturday I can get a conglomeration of things that I didn't talk about and usually just forget. And today, I, I loved it because I had a bunch of video sound bites that I just didn't want to, I didn't want to let go. Okay, you can follow my on. Follow me on Twitter at RunninFool, R-U-N-N-I-N-F-E-W-L. You can download or listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addicts, Stitcher, YouTube, and Rumble. Uh, visit my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. If you don't believe anything that I told you, all the links are there. All of the references are there. I even have all the videos, the full videos, because you only listen to partial clips. I hope you guys have a great weekend. Talk to you on Monday. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.